Let's just pray together real quick before we look into God's word. Father, I thank you so much that you're with us today, no matter where we're at, whether we're sitting on a couch, whether we're in a sanctuary or in our car, wherever we are, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak to us, and, and I pray um, that, that our words, our thoughts, our actions would glorify you today, Lord. We love you. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's good to be with you this morning online. I wish I could be with you in church um, here in the building. I, I really do love being with you every week, but I'm also so thankful um, that God is still at work in this time. And, and things have kind of changed, haven't they? I saw this morning um, Megan, my wife, posted on Facebook that she got up and got ready as usual and put on her, uh, her best Sunday sweatshirt. I don't know what you're wearing. I don't know, I, I don't know how you're dressed for service this morning. Uh, I'm not so worried about that. Um, what I am worried about is this. I think we need to give God our best today um, in our heart and our mind. And, and so I just want to ask you as we open up God's word, as we continue um, to praise God together, that you'll just focus in and let God speak to you and praise God um, with everything you have today. We kind of went from a place of routine to a place of craziness, didn't we? I mean, it seems a week and a half ago, we kind of had our routines down. We knew what was going to happen each day. And it seems like ever since every day, we, we don't know what to expect, what's going to change. And so that's kind of highlighted something in, in my mind. And, and it, it's this, we are in a battle. And today that's what we're going to talk about is this battle. We are in a battle. The truth is we're always in a battle, and that's the battle for our minds. I think times like this kind of accentuate and, and let us know it becomes more obvious because we've got, we've got time to think about it. I'll never forget in college, I, I worked a job um, in a factory here in Cincinnati, and basically every morning I got up, it was way too early. I would have to be at work at 6 a.m. I know that's normal for some of you, but for me, that's, that's early. And I'd have to be at work, I'd get there, and, and all I did all day long was sat there and put little pieces of metal into a machine and then pressed a button. And then I would move the metal out, and then I would take the next piece of metal, I'd put it in the machine, press the button. And so, <clears throat> moral of the story is this. All I did for nine hours a day was sit and think. And, and it becomes really obvious in these down times that that there's a battle going on in our minds. I'll never forget that summer. I mean, the, the battles that were going on every day as I sat and pressed those buttons, the battles that were happening. Listen, this is nothing new. There has been a battle going on for our minds for a long time. It's just become real now. See, usually I think we, we operate under what I would call the illusion of control. We think that life is pretty safe and controlled. We do the same things each day, each week. We, we kind of have our routines and everything is safe and normal and we feel like there's control. And, and I think, I, I'm guessing a lot of you who are watching this today would say that you have faith in God, that you trust God in these times. And, and I just, I think it's so easy to say, I trust God and I have faith when everything is in control. But we come to moments like this, when things change, when things are constantly changing, when there's this battle raging. And I think, I, I think it's a little bit harder. We, we realize that this battle's going on. And so what happens 
when we lose the illusion of control? What happens when our control is threatened? Last week it was business as usual. This week it's something new every day. It's uncertainty. Growing up, I, I kind of, I don't, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I kind of felt like I was invincible. Uh, honestly, nothing bad happened to my family very often. We, we had things pretty good. It seemed like things typically worked out for us. We were healthy. We didn't have problems. It seemed like everything worked well. And I think as I grew up, I kind of built this thought in my mind that I was invincible, that my family was invincible, that somehow things, things were all under control and we were safe. And that all changed when we found out that mom had cancer. That all changed about nine years ago when, when all of a sudden our control, our safety was threatened and we realized that every day there's this battle and ever since I, I've lost that illusion of control. Well, I don't, I don't know if any of you can relate with that, but ready or not, that's where we're at. The illusion of control is gone. We're in uncertain times and there is a battle going on. And so today I want to talk about the most important asset we have in the battle and that's our mind. I believe that your mind is the greatest asset that you physically have. And so today I want to talk about how do we protect our minds and our hearts in the midst of chaos in the midst of the battle, if there's this battle going on all around us, how do we protect our mind when, when we have all this time to sit around and think, when we have all this time and, and all of these different conflicting thoughts and ideas and reports, how do we protect our mind and protect our faith? Well, last week we, we looked at 2 Corinthians, and that's Paul's second recorded letter to the church at Corinth. And, and in that, he talked last week about the fact that God has put his light in us and our light should shine out in the darkness. But, but the truth is, Paul was in the middle of an extreme battle. In fact, if you go read through Paul's letters, he was almost always in a battle, the battle for his mind, the battle for his heart. And so as we look into 2 Corinthians further, we see this battle going on. We see that people are attacking him. See, Paul went to Corinth and started this church. And then when he left to go start other churches, other people, other false teachers, other people that were against him came in and started to convince people, started to work to try to discredit him and attack what, what God had done through him. And so, so Paul is in the middle of being attacked and, and his mind, his body, we, we, talk, we read last week just the stuff that he had been through, the ways his body had been attacked. I'm going to be honest with you. I think one of the hardest things to defend your mind against is when others are attacking you, attacking your character, attacking who you are, attacking what God has done in your life. And so I want to look at today, how did Paul keep his mind right? He is a great example for us. How did Paul keep his mind right in the midst of chaos? We're going to look at chapter 10 in 2 Corinthians, verse 3 through 5. 
And, and you can read it along with me. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So Paul is being attacked physically. He's being attacked mentally. People are saying things about him. People are trying to tear down his ministry. God had done a great work in the church in Corinth. And then as Paul moved on, people are coming in and attacking that. And, and Paul is under this constant attack. And he says... Even though we live in the world, we don't fight, we don't wage war the same way that the world does, but we have weapons. We have weapons. I think sometimes as followers of Christ, we think that we're not supposed to fight. We can become passive. We can sit back and let others fight, and we think that we're not supposed to take part in this fight because fighting is not good, right? But what Paul says here is that we live in the world and we don't wage war as the world does, but we have weapons to fight against this battle for our minds and our hearts. I believe that God is calling you and me to fight the battle for our minds, but to fight the battle for our minds with the weapons that God gives us, not the way the world does, but with the weapons that God gives us. In my house, there are several mind battles going on. For Megan, the hardest thing for her is, is anxiety and fear. Every day, anytime anyone feels a little bit sick or coughs, it's, we start to think, oh, do they, do they have the virus? And for Megan, there's a real anxiety. And I don't mean to make light of this. I know that this is many of you who are watching this and listening to this. I know that the, the fear and anxiety that comes with the situation we're in right now is completely real. For me, I, I don't necessarily struggle with with that as much, but I'll tell you what I do struggle with. I struggle with self-doubt, with self-doubt. I struggle, there's a battle in my mind every day of am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Can I be who God calls me to be? Am I good enough to be a leader? I, I'm sitting here preaching for, for the world to see online and, and in my mind, there's this battle going off on that says, you're not good enough. I believe that each and every one of us today is in the middle of a battle for our minds. I don't know whether yours is fear. I don't know whether yours is anxiety. For some of you, the battle that's going on in your mind is the battle of addiction. Maybe it's doubt. I don't know what your battle is, but I know that every single one of us is in the middle of a battle and we're becoming aware of it. And so God has given us weapons to fight this battle. See, with my self-doubt, the world's weapons to deal with self-doubt would probably be deception. Pretending to be something I'm not. 
If I was fighting with the weapons the world fights with and I doubt myself, then the way I would combat it is, is I, would, I would pretend to be something I wasn't. We have social media. It's really easy to do. I could pretend to be something that I'm not. There are coping mechanisms. There are different ways that we cope. And so, so maybe I go to other places to find my fulfillment. And for a lot of us, when, when this battle is going on, we cope with it in different ways. Maybe it's through unhealthy ways. Maybe it's through finding affirmation from others. But we cope with it. That's the world's way of doing this. Or maybe, and this seems like a good thing, but we feel like we need to put boots on the ground and we need to work hard and we need to get through this. We need to be better. We need to earn our way to get past this battle. Those are the worldly weapons. But, but Paul says, I don't fight with worldly weapons. I fight this battle with the weapons that God gives. So I want to look at three weapons that God gives us to fight this battle. Listen, I... I know that each and every one of you, deep down, is dealing with a battle. And so there's three weapons that God gives us, and I want you to tune into these. And I want us to learn from these. Number one, the first weapon we have is God's Word. The Bible is God's inspired word. It's the story of God and his people. And in scripture, we have stories like Paul. We have stories from so many people who have walked the journey to faith, have experienced difficulties, and there are stories of how God has helped people fight this battle, how God has worked in people's lives. And so we have this resource constantly of of people and stories of what God has done. But it's not just the stories of how God has worked in those people. There's also the, the stories of God's awesome power. Man, when I start to get worried about small things like, am I good enough? I can look at, at the story of Moses, who stood before God and said, God, I'm, I'm not good enough. I can look at story after story in scripture of what God did when people weren't good enough and, and that encourages me and lifts me up. I have this weapon to use against my battle and that's God's word. The problem is we don't take advantage of God's word enough. I don't take advantage of God's word enough. See, we're all filling our minds with something, and, and the weapon that we have, the weapon that God gives us to fill our minds is his word, his story, his power, but all too often we're filling our minds with other things. So let me ask you a really serious question today. What are you filling your mind with? Every morning when I wake up, I'm going to guess a lot of you are in the same boat. Every morning when I wake up, my first instinct is to grab my phone and get on Facebook. That, that's real. That's 100% me. Every morning when I wake up, the first thing I think about doing is getting up and jumping on social media. And you guys know me. I don't even do social media very much. I put a video on there, I think maybe for the first time ever last night. I don't use it that much, but it's still real. And every morning when I wake up, I'm tempted to take that phone and get on social media. And I'm feeding my mind first thing in the morning with social media. Several weeks ago, Pastor Jay spoke. 
And Pastor Jay talked about feeding the fire of our faith. Here's the thing. I think there are two different fires going on in our lives. I think there's the fire of what God's doing in our life. And then I think there's the fire of other influences and other things, what's working against. It's this battle. It's this constant thing. And my fear is that too often we're feeding the fire that's pulling us away from God and not feeding the fire that brings us toward God. What are you filling your mind with. What we need to do is we need to feed the fire of our faith. If you're in a battle and you're struggling, the greatest thing you can do, the weapon that you've been given is God's word. I recently read a book called Move. It's basically what it is. It's it's not a book I would typically like, but I love this book. It's a study that was done by the Willow Creek Church. Over over a thousand churches took this survey, and basically what they were trying to find out is what causes spiritual growth for people in the church. And the number one thing they found out from their study is that engaging with God's word, studying God's word, knowing God's word leads to spiritual growth. No matter where you're at in your journey, whether you're not a Christian, whether you've been a Christian your whole life, the number one thing that leads you to grow closer to Jesus is reading and knowing God's word. So the first weapon we have, and it's powerful, is God's word. Listen, we got a lot of downtime over the next few weeks, I'm guessing, Let's fill that time by creating some new habits. Let's fill that time by by feeding the fire of our faith with God's word. So I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to spend 30 minutes every day reading, studying, praying over God's word. That's the weapon we've been given in this battle for our minds. The second weapon we've been given is God's presence. I was thinking about this last night. Think think about what it would be like to walk through every day if you had Jesus walking right next to you. We read scripture. We we know who Jesus was. We know about his power. We know that he healed people. We know that he brought people back from the dead. We know that he calmed the sea. We know that Jesus was more powerful than the things that faced him and his disciples. We know that Jesus was raised from the dead. And so think about if you are walking through your day, every day, if you're walking to work, if you're walking wherever you're going, and you've got Jesus walking right next to you, how confident and strong would you have to be? But, but here's the thing. That battle for our minds that we're talking about, one of the tricks that, that the devil uses is to try to make us think that we are alone but, but I got good news for you today. Jesus is walking with us every single day, everywhere we go, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of pain. Jesus is with us. See, God's given us his Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God that created everything, that parts the seas, that heals, that brings people back from the dead. That Spirit is at work in us every day. And so when you walk... You do not walk alone. You have the presence of the Almighty God with us. The key is realizing it and tapping into it 
through prayer. Listen, I'm a verbal processor. When I get upset about something, I need to process it. And so I tend to talk to lots of different people about what's going on and and the problems that I'm dealing with. But what I've found is that when I find myself in the midst of chaos, the best thing I can do is to talk to Jesus. When I go before God in prayer, when I acknowledge that God is with me, it changes my perspective. Rick Warren says this, if you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have less to worry about. If you prayed, if you realized that God was with you, and you prayed as much as you worried about the things and talked about the things, you wouldn't be worried nearly as much about them. See, Jesus himself prayed when he struggled. I think we think of Jesus and we think that he didn't struggle, but Jesus was human just like us. And in Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus became sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Jesus, when he struggled, prayed. By the way, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, guess what he did? He quoted the word of God. So we have this weapon that's God's word, but we have the weapon of prayer of the almighty God, the spirit at work in us. And if Jesus knew God's word and if Jesus prayed when he struggled, there's nothing better we can do than to do those things. So, so the second practice, the first practice is I want you to read 30 minutes every day or interact with God's word, engage God's word, read, study, pray every day, 30 minutes. But the second thing I want you to do is I want you to start your day with prayer. This is, this is what I do. When I'm tempted to reach out for that phone, I have to stop myself and I have to start my day with prayer. The third weapon that we have, we have God's word, we have God's presence, and the third weapon we have is God's people. The people that you surround yourself with are so important. I had a friend growing up, his name, I'm going to share some some fun with you here, and and this will get me in trouble with some of you, and I'm sorry, especially in these delicate times, but I I had a friend growing up, and, and his name was Justin. And every single time I hung out with Justin, I got in big trouble. I'll tell you two stories real quick, and and then you guys can all be mad at me, and then I'm going to ask you to forgive me, and we'll move on. The first story is this. One time I I was hanging out at the house. I had Justin come over. We lived at the church. Our church in Nashville was on 17 acres, and then there was this little fence, and on the other side of the fence was a cow farm. And so Justin came over, and like I said, when Justin came over, we got into trouble. And so he thought it would be a good idea. I'm not, no, I'm not going to blame him. We thought it would be a good idea to take a BB gun and go over and shoot the cows. Now, it didn't hurt them we, uh, that we knew of. We didn't think it hurt them. But what it would do is when you shot them, they would go crazy and start running. And we thought it was really funny. And, and later, we didn't think it was funny when we got in big big trouble. 
The second thing, and this is where I'm going to get myself in trouble because of our recent um, toilet paper shortage, but, but one night Justin came over and we were, we were staying, with, because I lived on the church property, sometimes we would stay at the church um, in the youth room, and so one night we thought, hey, let's go out and, and roll the houses, you know, toilet paper the houses around some of the people from the youth group, but, but we didn't have any toilet paper, so we thought it would be a good idea to take a lot of the church's toilet paper, and, and we had good intentions. We were going to pay it back. We were going to go the next day to the store. We just didn't want to go in the middle of the night. So we were trying to do what was right, right? And so we grabbed all the church's toilet paper and went out and used it, and the next day we were in big trouble. See, Justin was one of those people, and nothing against him. He, he was a good guy, but for some reason when we got together, we got in trouble, he didn't push me to be closer to Jesus. He pushed me to be closer to grounding. And so, so he was one of those people. But on the other end, I have people, and, and I'm telling you, yesterday um, or a Friday, I was supposed to be on a conference call, and, and I just missed it, and I got on. But luckily, one of my good friends who's a pastor was on there, and I spent some time talking with him. And man, that was reassuring and that helped me grow closer to Jesus. Last night, I was texting back and forth with a good friend who's a pastor. We all have people in our lives who drag us down, and we all have people who push us closer to Jesus. All of us do. The people you surround yourself with are so important. So let me ask you another question. Who is pouring into you, and what are they pouring into you? If you're in the middle of this battle, if you're struggling with fear and anxiety, but you're talking to people and surrounding yourself with people who are going to pour into that and are going to say, oh yeah, it's terrible, and are going to panic, you're going to panic more and you're going to lose this battle. But if you'll surround yourself with people who will give you the perspective of Christ, who will push you to Jesus, you're going to win the battle for your mind. We've got these weapons, God's word, God's presence, and God's people. See, God didn't mean for us to walk this journey on our own. Even though we have the Holy Spirit with us, God also gives us each other. And so if you're in the middle of a battle for your mind, one of the ways that we fight it, one of the weapons we use, is to surround ourselves with people who will help us build your team. If you were picking a basketball team, you wouldn't pick people who were going to make you lose the game. You would pick people who would make you win the game. So build your team. Find people who will push you towards Jesus. God's people, the third weapon that we have. And so we're all in the middle of this battle, but God has given us these weapons, not the weapons of the world, but the weapons of God to fight them. And that brings us to the best news of all. Paul says in verse 3, we don't wage war the way the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Listen to this next verse. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The good news today is this. You're in the middle of a battle for your mind. But God has given you weapons that can defeat the strongholds in your life. I think when we think of strongholds, we think of castles and fortresses. I believe there are some strongholds in your mind. Maybe they've been conditioned through years of failure. Maybe they've been conditioned through years of being hurt. Maybe they've been conditioned through years of lies that have been poured into you. And there are some strongholds, and that's part of that battle, is there are strongholds that we just can't get past. The weapons God's given us 
are able to de demolish strongholds. I was talking to my buddy Tony last night. And Tony, when, when I was in South Carolina, um, he, he kind of grew up in the church as a kid, but then kind of drifted away, and Tony's life just became a mess. I mean, he was spending all his time at bars and doing drugs and doing things that he shouldn't be doing. And, and Tony had two kids and a wife at home, and, and things just weren't working well. And it got to the point that his wife was, was ready to leave. And so Tony decided, being, you know, one of, the, one of the tools that the world would use as deception, so Tony decided, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to trick her into thinking that I'm changing, and that way she'll stay. And so Tony went to church. But when he got to church, the Holy Spirit changed him. And he went from being addicted he went from being a father that wasn't with his kids. He went from being a father that was destroying the lives of himself and his family to being fully healed by the power of God. The weapons that we have are able to demolish strongholds. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know if it's fear, anxiety, addiction, doubt. I don't know what it is. But I know that the God we serve is more powerful and we have God's word, God's presence, and God's people to help us get through this and win this battle. So how do we do that? I think we have to take captive, as Paul says, every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought when you're struggling, when you're thinking things that pull you away from God. We have to take those thoughts captive and we have to fight against them. By reading God's word, does this thought line up with God's word? By praying, does this thought honor God? God, is this thought healthy for me? Is this drawing me closer to you? And by surrounding ourselves with people who will pour God's love and God's grace and God's hope into us. See, if our thoughts aren't reflecting or honoring Jesus, then they're not worth thinking. And there is this very real battle going on in every thought that you have that pulls you away from God, pulls you away from winning this battle. And so I just want to get real with you right now. I want you to think about what your struggle is, what your battle is. I know for a lot of you in this crazy time, it's, it's fear and anxiety. For some of you, you may be there with me where you just struggle with doubt, self-doubt. For, for some of you, you may be dealing with addiction. You may be dealing with, with hurt that goes so far back in your life. I don't know what your struggle is, but I know this. There's a battle going on for your mind. But I know that God is bigger. And God has given you the tools the tools that you need to win this battle. So the band's coming up. And I just, I want to ask you right now, whether if you're at home on your couch with your family, maybe you just need to verbalize some of this to each other. If you're by yourself, maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you need to take advantage of God's presence. But right now, I want to ask you to take captive every thought and I want to ask you to go on the offensive against the battle that's going on for your mind, not to be passive, not to sit back, not to let things pour into you that are going to lead you away from God, 
but to, to focus your mind, focus your heart on Jesus, to, to study God's word and know it, to pray and know God's presence, and to surround yourself with people that will pour good things into you. Father, I thank you that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of difficulty, you are with Paul. I thank you that in the midst of chaos and difficulty, you were with the people all throughout Scripture, all throughout the church. I, I thank you that you've been with my family through difficulty and chaos. And Lord, I know that there are people right now that are struggling with this battle for their minds, and I don't know what each person's battle is, but I know that there's a battle going on, and so I pray that each and every one of us today, Lord, would give it to you. I pray that we would know your word. I pray that we would know you're right here with us and take advantage of that by speaking to you, Lord. And I pray that we would surround ourselves with people that will push us towards you. God, I thank you that we, we don't have to go into this battle unprepared. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us, as we sing this next song and as we worship you, I pray that we would release the things that we're struggling with, that we'll give up our battles to you, and that we'll start going on the offensive with what you give us, the weapons you give us, Lord. So I love you, and I pray that you would break strongholds today. I pray for the person who's watching this right now that doesn't know what to do or where to go. I pray that you would break the strongholds in their life. I pray if there are people who are dealing with addiction that you would break that stronghold. I pray if there are people who are struggling with doubt that you would break that. I pray for your peace and your love to be at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.